Hello and welcome to Really Well Women with me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started. Welcome to the first solo episode in the Really Well Women podcast. Every once in a while, Heidi and I are going to be popping in and doing solo tracks where we are breaking down a topic that we think is instrumental to your health and a topic that is of our particular interest. So if you haven't noticed already, I always call Heidi yin and yang. And from that side of things, we cover completely different areas in our clinical practice. And that's why we love to bring you different perspectives on the same subjects. So from time to time, like I said, we're going to be popping in and just offering you extra information on key topics. So today I'm going to take it away talking about the areas of stress and cortisol. Having a women's health practice, you really cannot help women get better without truly addressing the topic of stress. And we mentioned it very briefly in the last episode where we talked about the impacts of cortisol on the body and types of hidden stressors. But today I thought we would break it down even further. So when we're looking at the stress response, we have acute versus long-term stress responses, which can be really confusing to people at times because you think about stress and then people talk about fight or flight and cortisol and all these words get thrown around. So we're really going to break it down today. So when we're looking at the acute stress response, that's really the autonomic nervous system, which is broken down into the sympathetic response, which is fight or flight, and the parasympathetic response, which is rest and digest. And so with that, we really want those systems to be balanced. And that's where we talked about homeostasis and hormesis in the past episode. So some stress is good stress, right? We do need to apply stress to our systems, but we always want to come back to that baseline. We want to come back to the rest and digest. And we don't want those acute stressors to become chronic. And that chronic stress is where the cortisol system is activated. Because what happens is when you perceive a stressor, you're going to get a jolt of norepinephrine and epinephrine. And those are those first stress hormones that really cause your system to go into overdrive. That's where you focus in on things and your peripheral vision changes. That's going to be where you tense up and your body's really ready to protect you in whatever sense. As Heidi talked about last time, there's different stress responses for different people. And interestingly enough, in traditional Chinese medicine, um, not from a neurological perspective, but just from a whole body perspective, we also view people have different types of tendencies when it comes to the stress response. And it can be really helpful. So for example, some people's digestion is affected, right? Some people get bloating and they really feel a rock in their stomach and they just feel awful. Some people gain weight. Some people lose weight. Some people have cravings. Some people have no appetite at all. And it's all these little things that give us clues about your body and what is happening. And so when we talk about stressors, it's not common for us to be running from a bear in today's day and age. It's really the traffic jams that we're stuck in. It's emails, it's social media, and that feeling of trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's the stories that we're telling ourselves. It's 
work relationships that we are just the expectations on us are far beyond what is in reality something that can be done it's the fact that we're being taught not to have and hold boundaries it's the fact that we're being taught that work time and home time are one in the same and it's more common than not for people to bring work home it's relationship stress right there's nothing quite like having a stress in your household in your safe space to rock your foundation so these are the types of stressors that are causing cortisol and stress issues. It's also the hidden stressors that we talked about in the past. So blood sugar imbalances are a huge one because in addition to having to control the stress response, cortisol is also on something called a circadian rhythm. So essentially what that means is that in the morning when you wake up, you open your eyes, your brain signals your adrenal cortex to release cortisol and it's say, okay, this is your wake up signal. And it's something called the cortisol awakening response. And the cortisol awakening response has increasing research showing how important it is for the immunological system, how important it is for hormones. So, so many areas of health really depend on a proper circadian rhythm or 24 hour release of cortisol. So, As I said, you wake up, open your eyes, your cortisol should spike. Then it should fall slowly throughout the day and stay nice and low at night so that melatonin can increase, okay? Melatonin is our sleep hormone and it's actually really important that cortisol is low so that you can have enough melatonin and then sleep properly. So essentially, that's one of the functions. But blood sugar, as I was talking about a second ago, is also really tightly controlled by cortisol. So your blood sugar is really, it's a really narrow range that it can live within. And so I always tell people, if your blood sugar goes too high or too low, you end up in a coma. It's life-threatening. And your body knows this. So when it comes to that, if your blood sugar is dropping, cortisol is going to spike to raise that blood sugar. So you're actually going to be pulling stores from your liver and from your muscles to raise your blood sugar. So that's a huge source of hidden stress because how often in today's day and age are we forgetting meals, eating on the run, eating only carbohydrates? So it's really important to balance your meals and even get blood sugar testing done to ensure that what is happening is balanced in response to the meal. And that's so personalized, right? Some people can eat a very high carb meal and they feel great afterwards. Some people feel absolutely exhausted, brain foggy, want to go for a nap. Outside of testing, that's a sign that those carbohydrates aren't working for you. And the same is true of other foods. Some people don't eat enough carbohydrates and that's a stress on their body. So it's really individual. And yes, testing is awesome and I use a lot of it in my practice, but you can also just check in with yourself and see how you feel. Another source of stress is hidden infections. So when I talk about this, this can be gut dysbiosis, so bacterial imbalances, which is another source of hidden stress, but it can also be Lyme disease or Epstein-Barr virus or mono, which is always present and just reactivates. It can be strep. There's so many different types of infections that can be present that cause a stress response because cortisol is also involved in controlling inflammation. 
Food intolerances are another way that you can affect a stress response in the body. Again, because it's affecting inflammation. Nutrient deficiencies are another huge thing because if your body has a need for a nutrient and you aren't supplying that, then you can get abnormal cortisol responses or abnormal cortisol breakdown or buildup, which is really common. Um, Genes are another big thing when it comes to the stress response and how our body deals with that. So there are specific genetic changes called SNPs that essentially affect the way we build up and break down these different um, stress hormones in our body. So what are some of the symptoms that are associated with being stressed out? And my favorite way to say it is the itty bitty committee. Um, And although not PG, that is something that I think really describes what the modern woman is facing and dealing with. There's a little bit of everything wrong in each area. And so you go to the doctor and you're like, I just don't feel myself. And because you don't have a disease, unfortunately, as much as they absolutely want to help you, they're really they don't have the resources to do that. And so we're living in a disease-based healthcare model. And what I'm really advocating for is a wellness-based model of health, which is why Heidi and I are providing this information. So if you're feeling anxiety or depression um, and more low mood than major depressive disorder, if you're fatigued, if you're getting a lot of brain fog or you feel inflamed like aches and pains and stiffness, if you feel like you're constantly sick or never sick, both of these are ends of the coin that affect the cortisol system. Um, really poor sleep. I find waking between two and four in the morning, which we talked about in the podcast, struggling to fall asleep. That's another one. Salt, fat, and sugar cravings are really common with just an overtaxed stress system. So too is hormonal imbalances. I always tell people, you have to choose between reproduction and running from a bear. And so with that, if you're losing your period, if you have a really heavy period, irregular period, intense cramping, if you're getting a lot of PMS or you're struggling to conceive, then this is something we need to look into in terms of the cortisol system. And again, this is not a blame game. This is a conversation that we need to have to empower ourselves to start to make these changes and see, like for example, I have an eight-month-old baby. I'm starting an integrative medical clinic. I'm launching a podcast. I'm doing all these things that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about, but I completely understand that I'm putting my body through a lot. And so with that, I take herbs that help to offset that stress response because I know that in this moment in my life, there's not a lot I can change. And I work with a life coach. I work with a therapist. So I know it's not necessarily a story that I'm telling myself about overwhelm. These are choices that I'm making and I feel empowered in it, but I'm still doing things to prepare my body because I have burnt out in the past. I am not perfect. This is why I'm a naturopathic doctor because I've been through all these things and I really am so passionate about my patients not having to go through them. Bloating, ulcers, and digestive issues are other really big factors that come up with stress. And I know in the podcast, we talked about the fact that yeast infections can be involved. But if you've ever heard of someone getting a stress ulcer, that's showing how much cortisol can affect the digestive system because you're not getting that blood flow. Bacteria can overgrow. 
bloating is so so common just because you're not making the stomach acid that you need if you're in fight or flight right it's really common to suppress the amount of stomach acid because your body's not saying oh hey we should sit down to a meal right now it's like hey we're gonna be a meal right now and so with that if you're not making enough of those digestive enzymes food can go into your gastrointestinal tract and actually ferment so instead of being properly broken down it's just sitting there fermenting and bacteria and yeast and all these things in there are feeding on it and when they're doing that they can overgrow and bacteria they essentially their byproduct is gas it can be methane gas hydrogen gas depending on the species but they're producing gas and inflammation therefore bloating and all of these issues this is especially true if you're getting you wake up in the morning and you're like yeah I look good and then towards the end of the day your pants are tight and you're uncomfortable that is because of the impacts of all of those digestive processes throughout the day so those bacteria fermenting weight gain specifically in the belly and the upper back so that kind of bra fat line and the belly those two things are really related to cortisol and cortisol is again very intelligent your body perceives there's a stress it wants to hold on to resources it's going to contribute to more insulin signaling issues and there's cortisol receptors in those areas that have a really dramatic impact on fat cells. Um, Specifically in the abdomen, it's really fascinating that they have the ability to change inactive cortisone. So cortisol and cortisone are essentially the active and inactive forms. And so your body takes the cortisol you make and makes it into cortisone. And your fat cells can take that locally and make it back into cortisol. So again, all these things are happening to protect you. But We don't feel protected when we're sitting in a traffic jam, answering 10 emails and two phone calls and hoping not to get pulled over because yes, that is illegal and dangerous. And then your body is just packing on the weight in your abdomen. And so if you're experiencing these things, it is a sign. And of course, there's changes that we can make to help you offset that, but it's still a sign that you should look into. We also know that metabolic syndrome, so diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure are directly related to stress and cortisol signaling. We know that it affects water retention, so people who notice swelling a lot, poor wound healing, um, and this to me is like such a huge one that I see all the time. Poor memory, so really feeling like you're struggling with words, that you run into a room and you're multitasking and doing 10 million things and that's affecting your cortisol and then you forget what you came into the room for. Um, Difficulty learning and processing emotion. It's because cortisol has been shown to shrink your hippocampus. So that's an area of your brain that is affecting learning and memory and emotion. Um, And so again, research is showing all of these things. Um, It's the psychoneuroimmunology component that we were talking about in the past. And we also talked about, again, that yeast overgrowth. So if you're getting yeast infections all the time, um, if you are having issues with abdominal pain, permeability, then really important to look into these areas. So when you're looking at stress, what do you do, though? I think that's the biggest thing that I hear all of the time is, okay, I know I'm stressed. What do I do? And in addition to working on the perceived stress, in addition to working on building and establishing a routine, making time for yourself, taking an Epsom salts bath, all of these things, it also can be really helpful to use herbs. So I know I spewed some of them off in the past episode because I get very excited and I want everyone to get better. I think it's important to just break them down a little bit more. And again, this is not medical advice. I am not your doctor. 
get a doctor and bring this information to them and they will help you choose. But when we're looking at the different types of stress, I tend to break them down into three different categories. So again, outside of what we're talking about with traditional Chinese medicine, this is just more of a general pattern. So some people in the face of stress get absolutely wired. They're like, just buzz, 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 buzz. They're everywhere. They're doing everything. They can't calm their body down. They can't calm their mind down. Even if you wanted to slow down and take a bath, your mind is always on the topic that is happening. So in those situations, that can be more of an anxiety type response. And it can be high cortisol at times. But again, tests don't guess. Um, there's great tests that you can look at. I tend to use the urine testing um, because that's looking at the breakdown products of cortisol in addition to like how it's being made. It's also how it's being used. So that can be really, really helpful. But if that wired pattern is something that you resonate with, I love the herb Sisyphus. It's very calming to the nervous system. So is passionflower. Passionflower as a tea is so wonderful. Um, Rolora is another good herb. Valerian smells horrific, but it's so good for stress and that kind of chronic anxiety response. And then there's also nutrients. One is known as phosphatidylserine. And this can be really powerful, but you only want to take it if you're absolutely sure your cortisol is high because it actually works on the breakdown of cortisol. Then the other type of stress pattern is that tired pattern, just feeling absolutely burnt out by life. This can be compassionate fatigue. This can just be like job related. This can be mama related. There's so many different areas where burnout can show up. But in these situations, you're just tired. You're struggling to get things done. You're struggling with the motivation piece. Oftentimes I hear people who have never no history of mental illness be like, is this depression? Like, is this what this is? Just feeling tired, again, not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to get things accomplished, but at the same time, you perk up in environments that you're excited about. That's the difference, is you can really easily pull yourself out of it if you're going out with the girls or doing something you're excited about. So in these situations, I love the herbs maca. Um, Mac is really great as a food-based herb. I just throw it in smoothies. Um, fun fact, Maca has a lot of great research for libido. For all of you ladies who tell me your libido is crap, can be helpful. Um, Panax ginseng. So ginsengs are really, really well known for their energy support. I don't like to use them in the long term um, because from a Chinese medicine perspective, it's kind of like overusing coffee. But in the short term, ginseng can really give you proper like energy response and can just help you get through so that you can make the changes you need to make in your life. Eleutherococcus centicosis is my favorite herb because it has a lot of great research in supporting shift workers. It supports focus and cognition. Um, there's tons of research in, it's funny enough, like doctors in that type of environment where people are just stressed and pushed to the end of their limits. And then they're still able to perform and to think clearly. So I love Eleutherococcus. Royal jelly can be really, really great as well. It actually increases DHEA. And as much as we don't realize androgens, so male sex hormones are really, really important for women's health. And especially as you're getting into that perimenopausal period. And so I do like royal jelly for that. And if you know you have low cortisol, or if you know from the testing that your cortisol is being overconverted into cortisone, which can be a pre protective mechanism, you can use royal, or sorry, you can use licorice as it does help to support that conversion. If you're sitting here and going, okay, Dr. Sarah, I have both. Like some days I'm wired, some days I'm exhausted. Within the same day, I go from like exhausted all day and then absolutely wired at night. 
that is a truly abnormal cortisol pattern. And again, we need to get help with that. But at the same time, herbs like ashwagandha, eleutherococcus, maca, and an herb called shatavari can all be really, really nice because they're tonics. They're just balancing out the body. They're building up and slowing down. It's also really important to work on everything else we talked about, though. It's important to work on perception. It's important to work on routines. Get help from everyone around you. I'm a huge advocate for as much help as you can afford. Get help from your community. Get out in community. Get in touch with people. Get morning light exposure. Get out for a walk. All of these things are so important. Having a nighttime routine, which is why we're covering them in the fundamentals of health, because truly these things, if you can't get on top of them, it's really hard to achieve all of your health goals. And it's devastating to me. And I know it's absolutely devastating to Heidi when we see women come in so excited to get healthy and they're given these grandiose plans that do not fit in in the context of their life. They're not given the basics. They don't know how to implement things. And then they just feel like they failed themselves yet again. And we are so committed to that not happening to you. And really, we're so excited about you listening to this fundamental series, giving us your questions providing those answers and getting women really, really well. So I hope you enjoyed this solo episode today. I hope you had a lot of really good takeaways. Again, you do not have to live feeling awful. There's so many ways that we can improve your health. You're not just aging, quote unquote. And I'm really passionate about you learning more about all of these things from us and connecting with us with all of your questions. Have an awesome day and be so well. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also, spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.